Friends of Jackson Elias, a podcast about Call of Cthulhu, horror movies, and horror gaming in general. Okay, so this week, what are we talking about? We're talking about pushing a roll. Yes, this is one of the new bits of mechanics in Call of Cthulhu 7th edition that allows players to potentially get re-rolls, but at the risk of something really horrible happening. And, you know, it's a horror game, so we want horrible things happening. We do as well as giving the Keeper ideas to take the scenario in an interesting direction, should another failure result. Yeah, so one of the nice things about this, you know, for lazy GMs like me, is it means that sometimes you don't actually need a lot for a scenario. You just need a bit of a situation. You need some you know, adversaries in there. You need a rough idea of where it's going to take place. But then you just let the back and forth of the dice rolls just create the game for you. Um, and... That that can work surprisingly well once you get into the rhythm of it. And, you know, with any luck, by the time we've run through a few examples in this podcast, you'll get to see how that can happen. Yep. So how does it work? So, you, well, you wrote the rule, Paul, so why, why don't you explain it? <laughs> so as Keeper, I would ask um, a player to make a, a skill roll, and if they fail it, they may get the option... To push the roll if that's if it's something at which they're making a second attempt so for example uh let's say the old um you've been exploring in dunwich and um, you've been captured by some um uh, decaying waitlers and locked in a, an attic room um what are you going to do matt hopefully not getting by the thing up in the attic if it's the one thing well you're doing. locked up in the attic right now <laughs> There's a little wooden door, and they've, it's about three foot high, and you heard the key turn in it, and then somebody stomped off downstairs. What are you going to do? I'll wait for them to get out of their shot, and then try and pick the lock. Try and pick the lock. All right. So um, you've made your pick lock roll. Let's hear those dice rolling. Okay. <laughs> you, we, we can just assume that Matt's failed because dice were involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dear, dear listener, me and dice do not get on well. <laughs> There's a reason why I look for games that have used cards as a resolution. Is that why you buy so many dice, Matt? You're I'm always on the search for one that rolls I'm, I'm in looking, a way you want it to. I'm looking for one that loves me. Is it that much to ask? <laughs> so, you, what you say, you failed. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> okay. So, dear listener, now we have um, Matt. That's Matt Sanderson. Indeed. Been <laughs> um, um, horrifically abused by the, um, the delightful poor Fricker. And with us is... Uh, me. Sorry, Scott Norwood. Yeah, sorry, Scott Norwood. And, um, so you're stuck in the attic, Matt. Uh-huh. Um, okay, well, you just, you just attempted to pick the lock. Uh, you failed. All right, so as Keeper, what would I do? I, he hasn't really done anything. He's kind of failed to pick the lock. There's nothing really obvious jumping out at me that's happening now. So, what do you do now, Matt? Well, I'm going to keep on going. Maybe I'll get a bit more frustrated, but I'm not going to let this thing beat me. So, sort of scratching away, muttering, muttering to myself, because me, probably, turning the air blue quite a bit. 
the yeah. process. It is, it's never encouraging when you get outsmarted by an inanimate object. <sighs> so you're just um, gonna so you you're gonna spend a while just working away at that lock with your picks. Indeed, uh, I must must refer to one earlier incident that he's uh, that our dear friend Scott is alluding to. Um, in a different uh, game, the sorcerer um, you use a set of uh, set of dice dice pool against an uh, opposing dice pool. Um, in this instance, ha- having summoned up the king in yellow from the um, the epitomous play, um, the a door that it was trying to beat down won. Well, to be fair, there was someone on the other side of it trying to hold the door closed. But no, if I, if I remember right, I was trying to break into the guy's apartment and trying to get his attention. He just didn't hear me knocking. <laughs> so I finally got summoned up to God to break down the door. Uh, it failed miserably, and the ensuing me berating the God outside was actually the noise that attracted the guy's attention <laughs> inside. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Anyway, so back, back to trying to open another door. Okay, so <laughs> essentially, Matt is... Has already attempted to pick the lock once. He's been locked up in there, and me as keeper, I've decided they've kind of left him up there for hours. So, how often does he get to roll the dice? Well, with the um, new rules, what he gets to do is he gets to roll them twice. So, he gets to make his original roll, and if he fails it, he's now justified to me what he's doing to continue, and that, if that by definition, is pushing the roll. So he can make a second skill check, second skill roll. Yep. Knowing my luck, even worse than the last. Go on, 52 to beat. 98. There we go. <laughs> so, Not only that, it would be a botch. This, this is exactly why we got Matt to roll the dice here. Because with the push mechanic, you want to see the rolls fail. Yeah. <laughs> So he's failed a second time. If he'd made it, yeah, he'd be out. He'd have done it. Clear. Um, but he's, he's failed it a second time. So this gives me um, free license to create whatever bad consequence I wish. So it might be that I decide uh, that you've jammed your lockpicks in. Uh, they've broken off. You're never going to be able to use them again. And nobody's going to be able to open that door from the other side either. And that's when you hear something scratching around in the darkness of the attic. Oh, nice. So now you're locked <laughs> in with something horrible. Something that expects me to be its next meal, yes. Or you did say you were mumbling. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in your frustration with the, uh, the lock, the, the consequence of you failing to open it was you got so angry, you kind of shouted some obscenity and they're coming back up and they're not happy. You can hear them stamping up the stairs mm-hmm. coming up to see you. Now, one thing I want to check with you, though, is um, you've mentioned before, and I think it is in the rules, that um, one thing the Keeper might want to do is foreshadow what the Mm. consequence of this failure can be. So do do you want to explain a bit more about what that means? Yes. Um, So let's go off to another example. Um, But before we do that, foreshadowing. So when the player has failed the skill roll, whatever skill roll it is the first time, it's up to them to say what they're going to do to justify a second role. So really, it's it's the case that the player just describes their actions, what they're doing. Um, and if that seems to justify a role, then we talk about pushing a role. Um, at that point, the player might say, well, I'm trying again, but what's at risk here? Because they might not perceive the same things I perceive. So if we take the example... Um, of 
throw me an example of when you might push a skill roll. Okay. Um, yeah, then you're trying to uh, break into uh, yeah, some creepy old mansion in the dark. Uh, and and you, you've got into the grounds, you've spied uh, a, an unsecured window uh that's you know up on the second floor and and you're just trying you, you reckon that's going to be your best way of getting in quietly and you're just trying to get to it safely so you failed your first climb roll yep to get up there and so first climb roll a failure i would say well that old drain pipe you you get to it you start to to sort of pull yourself up a bit but oh wow it's it's really loose okay you could continue climbing up it but it feels really loose it feels well, like you're going to fall if you push, I'm, the, I'm, push I'm, the roll I'm most of the way up now I'm not going to give up this easily so what I'm going to do is just before the drain pipe you know, falls away from the wall I'm going to jump and attempt to get my fingers on the, the edge of that ledge okay foreshadowing I wouldn't necessarily say that but foreshadowing <laughs> yes um yeah you're you're about 15 foot up now if you fall you can see there's there's a bush also, there's some rocks and paving slabs down there. You're not quite sure what you're going to put, land on if you jump. So it's, it's pretty clear to you, Scott, now that this is a very risky manoeuvre. He could stay where he is and climb back down, or he can take that risk. Yeah, but there's no way I'm going to fail that second roll. <laughs> and yeah, dice, love, dice love you, unlike some people around. Yeah, I, I, I just won't let Matt touch my dice first. <laughs> So let's say you fail that second roll. As, as improbable as that is, then, yeah, let's, let's suppose that. We should talk about what failure and success mean. Yes. Um, does failure automatically mean that he falls down and just takes damage? What else can we think of? Um, so something else. I mean, yeah, if I were GMing the segment, yeah, I, I'd throw the possibility that um, you, know, you succeed, you jump across, you hold on with your fingertips. Uh, you don't have quite enough strength to pull yourself up. And that's the point at which someone op starts opening the window. Yeah. Well, the other one that sprang to my mind was pretty much the same. You, you're just scrabbling in when you uh, see uh, headlights flashing on the wall. And you look over, and there's a cop car just pulling up. Mm. Have yeah, they so seen you yet? Not sure. So, or some, or someone seen him, or maybe even uh, halfway between the two. Uh, yeah, he's grabbed hold of the edge. Um, in which case, in his frantic motion, his legs start kicking away, and he actually kicks the window in. At which point, then people inside hear that there's someone outside on the wall. Yeah, yeah. So all these things that we're coming up with are things that are part of him climbing and falling. We're talking about things that happen to third parties. It might be a police car. It might be something that uh, people in the house that hear him. It might be things that the keeper hasn't decided are there yet, but has to come up with something negative and decides that, oh, actually, there could be some, um, uh, it could be a gang in this house that are using mm -hmm. it as a squat. Yeah, the, and the, they co the cost of success, essentially. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's worth saying as well that, you know, the, these little complications that you come up with on the fly here can end up providing some of the defining moments of your game. Yeah. Uh, you, you, just just because you hadn't you know, planned something doesn't mean that it isn't going to turn into something really cool. Yeah, well, I think often written scenarios are great. Um, often the bits that I've enjoyed most in playing through a written scenario are the bits that the keeper has introduced on the fly. Mm -hmm. A vision quest in Spitzberg in my head was one that uh, I think Scott <laughs> quite enjoyed. 
Well, yes. take the ghouls in um, Orient Express on the island. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That really came to life then. Mental and note, I said, never go grave robbing in a graveyard at night. In, just off the coast of Italy, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, in um, in Venice. Yeah. And I said to Matt, that was really good. That Matt, this is a different Matt that's running the game for us. And I said to him that that bit was, you know, really enjoyed that bit. And he said, oh, good, because uh, I just kind of made that up. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I think part of the reason for that, and this is a bit of a digression, is that I mean this goes back sort of to what we were talking about in the the first episode with tailoring uh, scenarios to to characters. That when you're running through a pre-written scenario, you know the, these the the events in there aren't necessarily tailored to the characters you've got. But when the GM comes up with stuff, this is a direct consequence of the things your characters are doing. So you're seeing the consequences of your actions. You as players are you know indirectly or perhaps fairly directly making these things happen. Yeah, it's a bit like taking the well-trodden path through the jungle where all the other tourists go or taking a, a side route where nobody else goes and going through some really thick jungle and discovering some exciting things and getting eaten by a tiger yeah usually and usually finding why they don't go down that route <laughs> um so what about the time that um, we were playing walker in the wastes matt and you guys yeah you were you were searching in a cabin Oh, um, take me back a bit. And um, you failed a spot hidden roll. Um, it was the cabin of a journalist, and you failed the spot hidden roll to sort of find any any clues. Uh, I think you'd said you were going to search the, the cabin. There wasn't any particular clues there. I don't think not listed in the scenario. And then you said, "Yeah, I was looking in particular, looking for any written material things like because obviously being a journalist, he would have written things down." From memory, there was something that was in a typewriter, which is what gave me the idea, which was that he, um, his body was slumped over it. And that, for instance, he must have written other things down. Where do people write things down, down most in those times? There must be a diary around here somewhere, even if it's hidden away or a ledger, anything. Yep, totally. And and that really made sense to me as the keeper. I kind of thought, yeah, you're right. He probably would keep a journal. And... You know, he was mixed up in some dodgy stuff, so I figured he might well hide it somewhere. So I agreed with you and said, give me a, I'll let you push the spot hidden roll. Yeah, for once, the dice actually liked me. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure we foreshadowed a consequence, but I had some ideas um, at the time. Yes, actually, I think um, possibly the guy in there wasn't quite dead. Well, yeah, or, or was totally dead, but wasn't totally inanimate, shall we say? Yes. Um, but you did. You passed the spot hidden roll, and you found the diary. Indeed, under under floorboards, under his bed, um, in a in a little safe uh, not a safe deposit box, but in a small lock box. Yeah. And then that revealed things that was like foreshadowed stuff coming up later in the scenario. Yeah, which was yeah, that was cool. Later on, I think it was that same journalist that escaped into the woods the and I think killed jealous. someone yeah. yes um, and then you were on his trail and um, you know there was a whole bunch of you and you uh, I think made um, track rolls and failed and I remember it distinctly you, you, you said well can we push the track roll and um, kind of looked at me and I said well what are you doing and well we're searching around you know going through the undergrowth and so on well yes you can track push the track roll and then you said what would be the consequence of failing and I said well you're all going to be you know having your eyes on the ground and looking down who knows what might be else might be around that might spot you and the good thing was 
suddenly you all just changed just change your mind, decided you didn't want to make the roll after all, <laughs> that it was too dangerous. So rather than going to the creepy old wood at night, you all decided, no, it's too risky. Yeah, we, we may Which have, we may cool. have lost, We may have lost a lot of sanity by that point, but we weren't insane. There's a difference. Which is actually quite good because, you know, one of the things that can be difficult about horror games sometimes is actually behaving like your characters are frightened. Because, you know, you, 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 know, you as players aren't necessarily seeing the consequence beyond, you know, losing a few points of sanity or, or hit points of, of doing, you know, something foolhardy. But, you know, when, when you get things foreshadowed, like they're going to be events in a horror movie, then it adds a whole new dimension. Yeah, and what I had in mind was the, the uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, some kind of zombie type character would be perched in a tree above you. And if you failed the track roll, I was going to have him jump down on top of one of you and which, start ripping into you. Which I think did happen actually later on anyway when we found him. <laughs> well, you don't want to waste a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to classify just your push. Yeah. <laughs> I only come up with like one good idea occasionally. I don't want to waste it. <laughs> okay, so what other skills could we push? Let's, let's just throw out a few skills well, and think of some situations where we could push the skill. Yeah. Or Li- library use? Okay, so that's pretty dull if you fail it. Maybe you run across the wrong, maybe you run across information that is somewhat damaging to your um, poor, fragile view of the universe. Or or Mm. just misleading information that uh, you you pick up the wrong book and instead of the myths and legends you were looking for, you get some insane screed that was written by some, some local whose sanity got a bit damaged and gives you all the wrong insights. Or you ask the librarian for help unwittingly alerting one of the cult informers of your uh, of your intentions mm-hmm. or, or you just get so carried away searching through the stacks that you don't notice that just about everyone else is cleared out from the library and then there's just you and one shifty looking individual there in one dark corner of the library and he's reaching into his pocket for something let's pick another skill um Okay, well let's yeah let, let, let's let's go for a slightly more unusual one, a cult. A cult. Okay. So um, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to find out whether uh, these these sigils that have been written down on an altar uh, are indicative of anything that I should be scared of. Uh, that's a, that's a good one thing. Um, drawing upon the. Um... The idea that you could interpret one a symbol as being good in one culture and bad in another. A uh, prime example that's going through my head is a swastika. Yes. Um, Im- image of the sun and Nazism, national national socialism on the other. It's you you identify it as being that that is that symbol. Yes, but the meaning behind it completely off. Basically, you've got the wrong context. Yep. My mind jumped to uh, activate, inadvertently activating these magical symbols and they start to swirl and something starts to happen. Yep, that's a good one. If this just comes to mind, if the character is suffering some kind of insanity, mm. um, then it's quite easy to, to combine in failed skill roles with symptoms of insanity. So if an insane character was uh, was looking at these same sigils, they may start to inscribe them. They may kind of, um, okay, so you're sat down in the evening, writing them down in your book, 
trying to look up look them up in your personal library. A few hours pass and um, you look up from your desk and see that the same sigils are covered covering your walls. They appear to be written in some sort of red liquid that's uh, what are all those cuts on your arms? Who did those? <laughs> hey, you're a bit more pale than you were before. Or, or you start hallucinating them on the foreheads of the people you meet. Uh, you know, what, what is the universe trying to tell you about these people? Why do they have the symbols on their head? What's special about them? You need to find out. Yeah. Yes, happily you have an electric drill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another skill. One thing that you've done in the book uh, is that for each skill, you've given examples of how they can be pushed. But you've also gone in and you've put examples of what happens when uh, or, or, uh, an insane character uh, fails a pushed role. So like that one, uh, you know, if you as a keeper are stuck for inspiration, then for each skill there, there is, you know, there's something inspirational. Something's happened to Matt. I was just thinking again back to Walker in the Waste, where I was doing um, doing a gathering, uh, hunter gatherer moment of trying to get all the equipment needed to activate a set of tablets that the investigators come across later in the scenario, and bringing um, bot, uh, jerry cans full of liquid back to the British Museum, only to realise I thought I was perfectly fine that I'd uh, I'd gathered everything I needed in these two jerry cans, and then just the look of horror on the other PCs' faces who've been informed of this when I walked in walked in the room and said I've got everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so you were temporarily well, indefinitely insane at that point, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. So this is this is kind of spinning off to another area, but insanity is much more, in, I think, incorporated into the play now so it's not that you're indefinitely insane you're kind of out of play until you recover not that, not that necessarily the case but um the, the pushed roles kind of allow you to incorporate insane consequences as, as consequences of the roles yes and as matt was saying that was kind of a, a consequence of his insanity but, um yeah it's, it's much more dangerous to push a role when your character is insane but it can make for much more interesting things. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Yes, and yeah, half the fun of the Call of Cthulhu game is when things start spiraling dangerously out of control. A spiral is much more fun than a straight line. <laughs> so let's have another skill. Uh, Just pick anyone. Spot hidden. There you go. Good old classic. Spot hidden. Okay, one, so one you're failing your spot of Cthulhu skills. It sure is. And so often. Um, we fail the spot hidden roll and nothing happens. Yeah, and this this is a, an important aspect of the new rules that um, it, it gets around that that whole situation in earlier versions of Call of Cthulhu where you know I'm not saying this happened in everyone's game and I'm not saying it's it's a universal problem, but yeah you know, I've seen too many games where someone misses a roll and they're sort of that anticlimactic on yeah nothing happens mm. uh, yeah I'm I, I'm I'm trying to break into the temple it's the dead of night there's lightning flashing outside I can hear the cultists inside I try picking up the lock you fail okay I'll, I'll just stand out here and watch the stars then. <laughs> All the scenarios are written such that there's a spot hidden, you know, there's a, something you're going to see uh, in a painting or something. Um, you face spot hidden, you don't see it. Yeah. And, and yeah, that, that, that's a bit of a damp squid when it happens. So there's a couple of things that go on here. When I say um, make your spot hidden roll, 
and you obviously you failed it otherwise we, we wouldn't be this wouldn't be a topic of conversation you can either take it that um or why would you know there was anything there to spot paranoia it's always a healthy state of being in a Call of Cthulhu game. And, and it depends who called for the role. I mean, you know, if Matt called for the role because his character is actively looking for something, then you know, that's fine. If, if the keeper just sort of says, oh, yeah, can someone make a you know, spot hidden role, then it's perhaps a bit more difficult to justify pushing that role. Yeah. Uh, so my, my default reaction there would be fine, especially if it's that you're looking at another sentient opponent, that yeah, you're looking around for something. The, the, the consequence of the push is, yeah, you see them, they see you too. Yeah. But but so what are the consequences yeah. that we got? Um, so yeah, for for a spot hidden role, um, you don't see another immediate danger that would be about to loom upon you. For instance, that yeah, you, you notice the cultists on the other side of the field doing something, but you don't notice. I'm um, using the analogy of trying to pick into the mansion. They're across the gardens. Yeah, you don't notice the other one that's above you that's pushing the gargoyle statue down on top of you. Eh? Yeah, um, another is that you get so caught up in looking uh, that you just end up wasting a lot of valuable time. You know, if, um, you know, if, if you're under time pressure in the scenario, if there is something bad that's going to be happening in a certain amount of time and you've got things to do before that happens, you get so caught up in, in looking for what you're doing that you end up spending two or three hours that you can't really spare doing it and suddenly everything else is a mad scramble. Yeah, lost time is always a good consequence. Um, wasted time, I should say. Um, another one, perhaps you're in a crowd and um, you caught sight of somebody but you can't see them now. You make a spot hidden roll, try and find where they are, fail it, push the roll. Okay, you're kind of jumping up and down and kind of trying to find a high vantage point to kind of look over the crowd, perhaps. Okay, you can push the spot hidden roll, you fail it. Okay, well, you're so obsessed with that, you don't notice somebody come up and pick your pocket. Or um, or you don't realise that you put your bag down when you climbed up onto that higher step, so you could perhaps pull yourself up um, to a higher vantage point, and then when you look around, your bag is gone. Mm. It's pretty nasty things to do, but hey, that's your job. <laughs> but but it, but it's also the point that yeah, the, the these things aren't arbitrary. Uh, the 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 player by pushing the role has given the keeper permission to do something nasty should that role fail. Yeah. So you you as as the keeper aren't being um you, you're not being cruel and capricious. Um, you know the the player has brought this upon themselves. I've certainly seen it in some games that um the player makes a skill role. And it seems to be quite an innocent skill role, um, and the player has no expectation of anything particularly negative happening as a consequence of failure. They fail, and then they get whacked with something really um, over the top as a consequence of, of, a, of, a, of a skill role. And yeah, I mean, sure, the keeper can kind of throw out whatever whatever they wish, but if it feels unjustly unfair to the player i think it creates a feeling of disaffection yeah. with the game really it's like well i didn't you know i didn't kind of buy into this i'm trying to think of an example of that oh yeah i i can think of, of one example from my fairly early days of gaming mm. yeah you know, this is from a teenage game so yeah you know, we were 
uh, perhaps slightly less experienced than those days, but a friend of mine was DMing uh, a Dungeons and Dragons game for us, and there was a character I'd been playing for about six months at this stage, and grown relatively attached to. We were just going from point A to point B at some stage and climbing over some hills, and at some point he says, "Oh yeah, yeah, make a dex roll. Uh, all right, uh, yeah, miss by one. Okay, your character falls off a cliff and dies." And what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and remember, I can kill you at any time. <laughs> yes. And your character, too. And those are Brazilian rules for you, folks. Yeah. <laughs> kill the player, you kill the character, too. Okay, let's have one more skill. Well, that makes us climb. Oh, no, we've had Well, let's, let's have something academic. Because there's a lot of academic yeah. skills on there. Uh, Science! Okay, which one? Physics. Physics! Or, or physics. Or, or explosives, if there's a, if that's... <laughs> Wait a minute! <laughs> <laughs> so that's a pretty it. big jump. <laughs> and I think you'll find that's chemistry, Matt. There's a reason why I took physics A. Well, it depends, really depends what kind of explosives it is. Yeah, I, I suppose, yes, it's if you're building a nuclear physics. bomb. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could be raining over, uh, over TNT any day. Like, nobody wants to see an, a, a, a clue to investigate with an atomic bomb, do they? Uh, well, that, that's what Summon Azathoth is for. <laughs> Only if you read the lovely stuff. Only if you read lovely <laughs> Yes, no one wants to do that. So, you failed your... Physics role. What were you trying to do? Uh, I know a perfect example to use here. Um, going back to Master of the Arthletep. Yeah, there's this odd rock that we've got. So you're trying to put it through a series of studies. You're trying to uh, maybe do, uh, not seismology on it. This, this, thing, this is very boring to geology, basically. But maybe, say, do a radiation test on the thing. Trying to find out exact what, exactly what its composition is. Okay. Um, I've spent a little bit too long in its presence. You know what happens with that particular rock in that scenario? You know what? No, I've totally forgotten. <laughs> the fact it's radioactive. That oh, okay. Is. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're effectively exposing yourself for a long time by spending more time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Radi radiation poisoning is a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, yeah, so, all right. We've drifted into geology here, but let's pretend that instead of physics, you said geology. So. I think radiation, so it's with physics. But, but, all right, you're, you're trying to identify what this rock is that you know, is perhaps not of any normal earthly composition. So you're having to reach out to the wider academic community. Uh, so one consequence for a failed push role is that uh, you know, one of the people you ask is actually involved with the cult you stole it from, and you've just alerted the fact that you've got their stolen property. Yeah. Um, another fallback is uh, you've, you've been studying the rock. You don't realize how much time has gone by. It's now, when you look up, it's now night. You start at lunchtime and you just got obsessed with this thing. Hours and hours have gone by. And um, didn't you have a meeting arranged for this evening? You've missed it. Particularly cruel one that comes to mind, admittedly, but could in, um, could result in hours of hilarious fun trying trying to get it back. Is yeah, you have gone to someone else in the wider academic community to get this thing identified. They realise how valuable this thing is, whether it's whether they're accurate in their assessment or not, not the matter. But they believe it's something to be valuable, so they steal it. Yeah, you've well, lost the clue entirely. You've lost your item now. Maybe back. you don't even know. Just the rock now. Yeah. Or another possibility, depending on the background you've got for the scenario, uh, this this rock isn't actually a rock. It is the fossilised egg of some entity, and in the process of your examination, you hatch it. Now you have to play mummy to whatever's inside. <laughs> or breakfast. Yeah. 
first one than the other. From what I've seen on um, or heard on a few play tests of the new rules, I think one of the pitfalls with the new uh, pushing the skill roll rule is that what happens sometimes is that people fail the roll, uh, look at the keeper and say, can I push the roll? And it just becomes a re-roll. Yes. And I don't really like the word re-roll. Um, it's, it's very much about the roles I see as a separate part of the game. So you, you're, you're telling the story and then the keeper will say, well, look, you need to make a roll for that. Yes, the, the role is just telling you the, the outcome of the action you took. It isn't the action in itself. Yeah. So uh, you've, you've failed your archaeology role. Okay, what are you doing now? Yes. Yeah, You're I, down I, in the pit, scratching away. You failed the role. What you're not going to do? Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, we, I mean, we, we touched on this before that you know, that, that it's an active process. When we were talking about the spot hidden role and saying that you know, the keeper called for it, it would be difficult to justify it. What I meant by that, which I didn't really elaborate on, is the fact that you know the, the, this pushed role reflects an action on the part of the character. Yeah, and that's a crucial thing because yeah, that, that is what builds the story. Yeah, there has to be justification for that role. They but, have to but, physically do something to yes. make it happen. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not just the fact that it's justification, it's the fact that, yes, it is a specific action. And uh, as Paul was touching on earlier as well, that, that action doesn't have to be the same role. So going back to Matt's original example of, of picking that lock in the attic, that, you know, he's, he's try, what he's said he's trying to do is get out of the attic. So the first time he's picked the lock, he's failed. It's dark, he's panicking a bit. And so he decides, you know, solve this for a game of soldiers. You know, I, I don't care if anyone hears me and starts trying to smash the door open in the hope of, of running for it. You know me so, too well. <laughs> so, that, I mean, that second roll then becomes uh, perhaps a strength roll to see whether he smashes through the door. But the aim is the same. Exactly. So it, it functions as a pushed roll because he's still trying to do the same thing. Um, this this applies as well with some of the social skills you've got in there. Yeah, so I might be trying to persuade the um, the guard to let me in, but if that doesn't work, then try bamboozle him, fast talk him quickly, and don't you know who I am? Yeah. I might try and intimidate him. That was pretty intimidating, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> or it may even have a fails, then result on charm, hey, which isn't in the game anymore, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is it charm? Yeah. Keep up the wood. <laughs> yeah, I've added it into my water creek again. Yeah, it's in there, yeah. yeah charm. It, the, the look of blank confusion doesn't come across anywhere near as well. As <laughs> I, cut it, I think I gave you the expurgated version with no charm. Um, yeah, everything from yours with no charm. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, another really important thing for the keeper that the player is describing what they do what they do to gain the pushed roll is that it gives you inspiration for what the consequence will be. If they just say, okay, well, going back to the archaeology one, you're down in the pit scratching away with your, your little trowel um, and you failed the archaeology roll and you say, well, can I push the roll? I'm like, okay, well, I can't really think of anything that would happen. But then if you say, I'm getting a shovel now and I'm digging down really hard or, yeah. or I'm getting a load of people to come and help me, suddenly my mind is kind of, 
Yeah. Getting ideas of what could go wrong. Yeah, you damage the value of the delicate item you're trying to get out. Yeah, somebody else digs it up and and pockets it and you don't see it. Yeah. There's also nothing to say that the player can't also suggest something to you as well that says, okay, I'm pushing it, maybe as a result of this, something else, uh, this particular course of consequence might happen. Or, or, or one of the other players at the table, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly, yeah. just on your shoulders. Yeah, totally, That's that's because um, sometimes players come up with better things than you will as, as keeper. Quite often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always be ready to listen to the players and steal their ideas. And claim them as your own afterwards when you're at the bar. Yeah. How the hell did you know that was what I was going to do? That was a wonderful piece of uh, wonderful piece of deduction there. Paul, um, can I push any role in the game? I'm glad you asked me that, Scott. No. Um, so, so what can't I push? You can't push combat roles. Um, you can't push sanity roles. So, so are you, what's the justification? I mean, you know, let's let's say that you know our characters are in a fight. Um, yeah, I, I, I try to stab you with a knife that doesn't quite work because you dodge out of the way. And I say, well, you know, hang on, I, I, I'm going to get in there a bit better. I'm going to put my foot behind your knee so that you can't dodge quite as well. Uh, and, and then try to shiv you in the neck. Yep. And exactly that would be because it's a sequential thing and you're justifying what you're doing for a next, for a further role. That further role is your next combat action. Because combat is distinctly different from regular skill roles in that combat is already broken down into incremental steps and repeated roles. So rather than re- uh, with with any pushed role, there's a, there's an element of time. It might be a split second later. It might be days later potentially. Um, but with combat, there's always those those rounds, and you get it's broken up so you get one action per round. And if you want to push it, in effect. That is your next action. If you're shooting someone, you can't push that shot. You can't do anything to make that shot. Once you pull the trigger, you can't do anything to make that bullet any more accurate. Yeah, this isn't wanted. You can't curve bullets. <laughs> but you can pull the trigger again, and that'll be your next shot. And you mentioned sanity, and if I remember correctly, luck rolls. You can't push luck either. Mm. Um, luck is just a, you know, it's a, it's a black and white thing. You yeah. either pass or you fail. Um, and sanity rolls. Oh, for the love of being able to push sand rolls when I've just failed by one. Well, I guess the, the default rule is that you can't push sanity rolls. Um, I mean, I guess the, if if, you, if the keeper did feel the situation lent itself to letting you push a sanity roll, you know, the consequence would be that you suffered massive sort of mental trauma but um, uh, but I, I mean i can see a very good justification for not pushing sanity roles which is that a sanity role isn't an active thing on the part of a character mm. it's, it's not like the character is doing something to it's justify a the sanity role the, the sanity role is a reaction that they're getting to outside stimuli yeah. so you, you don't get a second chance for that reaction it just no. happens thinking maybe we'll um, counter to that perhaps um, one of the mantras from the character in um, At the Mountains of Madness who recited the name of different uh, tube stations he has his own mantra that's almost a barrier that he puts up between him and those kind of situations so yeah potentially you could try something like that but as Snape made riffing off what Paul said is that yeah sometimes that mantra just fails and you end up taking double the hit because suddenly you realise that your own defences don't work hmm yeah that, that's 
That's an interesting approach. I, I, on one level, I quite like that. Um, you know, it, it could make an interesting house rule for certain, perhaps more pulpy types of games. Mm. Oh, it would but, be definitely more pulpy. But you know, my, my reservation is that I, I can see it kind of escalating and getting silly over time, mm. where potentially you've got you know five characters all wandering around with their own bizarre belief systems, mm. just muttering to themselves every time something scary happens. And, <laughs> that sounds <yeah>. great. <laughs> that sounds like me in real life. That sounds like every sort of game I've played. Uh, no, but but um, you can't push sanity rolls. Um, I think um, sanity rolls, combat rolls, luck rolls, luck rolls, and I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah, and you don't push effect rolls, so you don't push yes. uh, the, the dice you roll for damage or the dice you roll for the number of sanity points you you lose. Uh, you don't push those rolls. So it'd always be a percentage roll that you're pushing. It will it would always be a skill or characteristic roll. Yeah. Yes, I mean, characteristic roles um, we, we touched upon, we didn't mention explicitly, but for example, that thing of trying to break down a door where you'd use your strengths. Yeah. Clearly, Mythos is a great one to push. Mm. Oh, yeah. In fact, do, do you want to, before we wrap up, we are running uh, a bit over, but I think this is worth touching on that, you know. Um, y- you, not only can you use Cthulhu Mythos in a more active way in 7th edition, and that opens itself up to you know, interesting things with push rolls, but you're also rolling for spells, and you've got the chance to, to push rolls there. Mm. Yeah, so you can... Well, you only roll to cast spells the first time you cast them. Um, so your monsters or your cultists who are well-versed in using spells wouldn't be making this first casting roll, but as investigators, the first time... Matt, what was that spell you learned in Walker in the Waste that you used I was, I was, ad infinitum? I was thinking, no, I was thinking uh, Tatus the King summoning the Dark Young. Because I, I know I had to push that Oh, roll. yes. Yeah. Oh, do, do you want to run through that then? Because uh, that sounds uh, like a good uh, example. Yeah, this, this is actually something that I am um, typically, knowing how my style of play, I actually fulfilled the role of the cultist in the scenario. I'm doing pretty much exactly what was outlined they were going to do. And I ended up um, setting a Dark Young upon another player character. Without, as, knowing as the play character, without knowing the player character was there at the time. Oh well. Um, sorry, Matt. That's the other Matt who's consequently running Horror on the Express for us at the moment. He's probably going to get his revenge. Does he hold grudges? Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> um, in this particular scenario, I was trying to summon uh, summon up a dark young to terrorise a poor lady who owned a farmhouse, and I, having been blessed with the um, with the spell, on that I was actually blessed by yeah, indeed. Um, so I had this information already uh, built into my mind, um, set out with various folks from the trees, shall we say, of um, lovely locals of a town, an infamous little town in the Seven Valley, um, and went out into the woods to perform this spell. And being the first time, and bearing in mind it involved me picking up dice, I failed. So. I ended up trying. I, I asked, "Is there any way I can push the skill um, involving um, getting uh, pretty much stripping down, dancing, frolicking with the uh, with the creatures in question, as you do?" Yeah. Well, as you do, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I don't remember. I <laughs> made myself forget the mental you, image. You, now you're bringing it back. You, you went home and drank heavily that night. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, not to mention various blood sacrifices involved, and then when that ran out, starting cutting into myself and my blood flowing into the ground. I was seeing the the ground around me, the trees, the wildlife all erupting life as my blood started flying everywhere, and then eventually one of those trees starting to walk out from uh, walk out from the forest and come towards me. Main thing, pushing, it still succeeded. 
that's the nice thing about pushing is even if they fail you can hit them with a, a nasty consequence like like that um, but still have the action succeed. So so in that case, the Dark Young could turn up, but you just have no control over it, for example. Well, he did have control over it, but oh. I didn't mind that, because what he wanted to do with it was pretty awful anyway. But, 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 but in that case, he succeeded on the pushed roll. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, I I'm saying that if he, fa- okay, yeah. if he failed on it, you, you as the Keeper could have said, oh, yeah, yeah, it still turns up, but mm. you know, it's not pleased to see you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think the the other one you were mentioning was the one I used ad infinitum in uh, Walker was the um, the lesser version of the dominate spell, yes. which I think when I failed I ended up dominating one of the one of the other PCs by accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know you, you've got as well the uh, the improvised or the um, I, I'm trying to think of the right word, but the, the 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 dynamic use of the Cthulhu Mythos skill in this as well. Yeah, that's an optional rule in there for the people that want to use it. Um, it allows Cthulhu Mythos to be used by the player characters to um, to set goals. I'm thinking this is maybe a, a separate topic here for another yeah. show. It's okay, foreshadowing another topic. For another show. <laughs> wow! <laughs> See what you did there. Oh, so so yes. If if you fo- if you fail your roll between now and next time, Paul will explain all about the the new Cthulhu Mythos skill. Let's hope you fail that roll, folks. Yes, wishing you double zeros between now and then. <laughs> <laughs> you can well, more than welcome have some of mine. Really, I've got <laughs> enough to go around. Well, that's all for now from the good friends of Jackson Elias. Good night. <laughs> good that was night. a pause. Good yes. night. Good night. And good night.